are new to me, and I'm hoping that maybe they're new to you as well. Anytime there is a significant space between one week's reading and the next, one needs to ask the question, what if we jumped over? What if we skipped? Because last week, we were talking about a boat going out in the water, and we just jumped ahead to coming down a mountain. Obviously, those didn't happen back to back because there's usually not uh, places for boats to be on the top of a mountain, all right? So it tells us, well, it also tells us uh, between the numbers, this week we're in seven, yeah. Luke 6, last week we were in the beginning of Luke 5, so, so let's backtrack a little bit. So last week's text was Jesus by the lake shore and calling his first disciples. We saw Jesus in an unexpected place, an unexpected experience, at least for what would be expected of the Son of God. I mean, really, why would the Son of God be hanging out with the fishermen? The next story in sequence is um, about him not just encountering a man with a highly contagious skin disease, but actually touching and healing the man of leprosy. Really, would the Son of, of God be touching someone with leprosy? Then we have the story of the paralytic man, who my mind immediately pictures what happens where his friend's trying to bring uh, this man to Jesus, and the room, the house is packed with people, so they have to lower him down through the ceiling. Jesus in the, is in the midst of the Pharisees who are watching and criticizing his every move. And as is quoted from the story itself, strange things happened that day. Strange things from this man, who the Pharisees would never confess to be the Son of God. So Jesus moves on and calls Levi, the tax collector, to follow him. And while that is bad enough, the Pharisees and scribes also see Jesus having dinner with this immoral and money-hungry man, because tax collectors do not have a good reputation. Not who we would expect the Son of God to be hanging out with. He also, in this uh, skipped area, has a deep conversation about fasting and healing and working on the Sabbath. He gathers his team of 12, he calls them, and then he heals a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. He's been busy in this portion we have skipped over active in amongst the people, people who were not taught who were taught that they're not good enough to have contact with the Son of God. He comes down the mountain to, we're told at the beginning, to a level place. Basically the opposite of the Sermon on the Mount that we're <coughs> used to in Matthew, where he goes up to the top of the mountain. Now he's coming down and begins to, once again, turn the world upside down with what people thought they knew about God and the Son of God. This 
sermon is not the sermon that is just focused on blessed, blessed are. But now it includes woe. And I'll be honest, for many years, I saw this as a message are blessed and cursed things. It can lead one to believe that the decision when one is cursed has already been made, that the end is written in stone. There's obviously no going back when one is cursed, and things will never be good enough. Now, while our Jeremiah text today is about blessed and cursed, this is not about people being cursed. The blessed and the woes are about respect and where we focus our lives. To be blessed is about respect and who we need to look up to. We have a great deal to learn from those who are blessed. The Son of God wants people to realize that God is always with those who struggle, those who are poor, those who are hungry, those who weep, those who are hated and excluded. The last place you would expect to see God, and there is Jesus in their midst. So the leper, the paralytic, the tax collector, the man with the withered hand, all places you shouldn't accept, expect to see God present. In fact, many thought, and some still think today, that their, their uh, situation is a result of what they have done and God's cursing them. People at their lowest. Yeah, Jesus has a way of taking what we thought we knew and flipping it upside down. But the woes are not about cursing someone so that change is never possible. Woe is a way of telling a person that they need to pay attention. They need to redirect their thoughts and their actions. Woe to the rich, the satisfied, the laughing, those who think that everybody loves them. Be aware that life may not always be smooth sailing. The truth is, our lives are sometimes lived on mountaintops, and sometimes they're, they're lived on level plains. And you know what? Sometimes they are even lived in the depths of the valley. You all have times in your life when you may feel you have it all. Everything's going right with no care in the world. The shelves are filled with abundance, and everyone speaks highly of you. At least you believe that. But there isn't a single one of us that is protected from being poor or hungry or excluded with insults, slander all around. Blessed are you. Respected are you. Really? Because it surely doesn't feel like that at the time. Exactly. For it is for it is you that God's presence is seen and felt most, not always during 
the time that you are in your depths, but it becomes clear on the other side. Because those who are rich, laughing, full, and have everything going great for them are unable to see or even need God in the midst. What do they have to work for except more money, more food, and more friends who will tell you that you are amazing. And one can step a little further. How does your faith grow in moments of abundance? Your faith grows when you come out of the moments of struggle, of heartbreak, of hunger, of pain. Hear me when I say I'm not pointing my fingers at specific people. I'm actually acknowledging all of us because we all have those times. Confirmation students? Okay. Now's the time you want to pay attention to the message of the sermon. Okay. Hint, hint. You are all blessed. None of you are cursed. God invites you in to reshape your thoughts so that throughout your life you are able to see God in all interactions and know that even in the depths of your life you are not alone. You are blessed and you are loved. You are forgiven always. That God's love for you doesn't disappear when your bank account is empty and your cupboards are bare, or even more, when your spiritual account is overdrawn. And your spiritual cupboards are not just empty, but they are lined with dust and cobwebs. Because God is there to shower you with abundant grace and mercy. Because you are, when you are at your lowest, blessed. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely all your pain is seen by God, and God draws you even closer, and your reward is great in heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our hymns that we have for today 